0: subject this morning if you die today are you 100% sure where you're going Uh, most people that I talk to say well I, I hope you can know I don't know a lot of things but I know if I died today, I'd be in heaven shortly after the last breath takes. So God said in First John chapter 5 and verse 13 These things have I written that ye may know that ye have eternal life. So the first question that people usually ask out on visitation or the hospital or wherever I may be and that subject comes up, you know, uh, people want to can you really, can you really, really know but uh, the word of God tells us that we can and uh, I think that's, that's one uh, verse that we need to uh, know and underline and Because God said these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. You can be saved today if you're lost and you can know. Not, I think so, or I hope so, or, you know, how can you know? Well, you, you can know. And we'll just give you a few uh, points this morning. First of all, you must realize where you stand with God. Where do you stand with God? Are you in fellowship with God? If you needed to pray right now would you have to go ask him for forgiveness first? And that may seem strange but most people on any given spot would not feel like they could pray and God would answer. And there's the group of people who think that God uh, hears every time that you pray. Well God is all-knowing, and so God knows what's going on. But for me or you to talk personally with the Lord, he tells us in Isaiah 59 and verse 2, you know, that first of all, we need to understand my sin. If I have sin, and I do, there's not a man, woman, boy, or girl that goes through a day sinless because we can't, well, we could, but very few people love the Lord Jesus Christ with all their heart, soul, and mind. But yet we tell people we do. We tell people I know that Christ is my Savior and when I talk to him, he hears me. But uh, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 59 and verse 2, I believe Isaiah speaks on this subject. He said, your iniquities have separated between you and your God, your iniquities. See, we have got to the point that if I don't kill somebody or if I don't want to kill somebody or if I hate somebody, if I steal or I lie, then those are sins. But there are sins of omission and there are sins of commission. And God says you know, when he, your iniquities have separated between you and your God, there in Isaiah 59, it also says in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and that all includes me and you. Now, I believe the difference between a saved person and a lost person is the type of sins we may commit. I fail on a day-to-day basis to make God the Lord of my life 24-7. That's my goal. But I think to be honest with you, to be honest with God, I've got to be honest with myself. So the question is simply, you must realize where you stand with God. And some of you, I think I I know. I've been your pastor for years. I've known you. Uh, you know, I've seen your families grow up. I've seen your children that was born since I've been here, and they were mighty small, before, you know, when I got here. But. What you do behind closed doors, as the writer might say, I don't know. And you don't know what I do. But I do know that the only way that I can know that I know that I know is that as a way of life, my desire is to please the Lord. And when I don't please him, I know it. First John tells us that we can know that we have eternal life. I believe that we can know if we don't have eternal life. Are you following me? Next, you must realize that heaven can't be earned. You can't get to heaven by doing. But if you are saved, you have a desire to do. Now, let's look at this question. You must realize that heaven can't be earned. In other words, not by doing enough good things. And that's what Titus tells us in Titus chapter 3. In verse 5, Titus tells us that very thing that we know, but we have a hard time sometimes accepting. But in Titus chapter 3 and verse 5, God said, not by works of righteousness which we have done. It means that all the good things you do didn't help save you. I just heard a preacher on YouTube. His subject intrigued me. So I listened to him about five, six, seven minutes and until he started misusing scripture. And I I said, well, you'd be better off get out next to the wind and watch it rain. Because all this guy's gonna do is confuse you. God said, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to the mercy, he saved us. I'm saved because Jesus Christ and the Almighty God had mercy on me, showed favor to me. He granted me repentance, I repented. He granted me faith and I believed. He put good works in me and I've tried to work them out. But it's all of him. It's all of him. Many people are taught that by being baptized, joining the church, or obeying the Ten Commandments. And all of those is what a Christian should do. But not to save them, but because they are saved. I didn't provide for my wife and three kids to get them to love me. I provided for them because I loved them. Same way it is with Christ. I don't read and pray and study and knock on doors and counsel people because I want to be saved. I do that because God has called me and I am saved and I'm working out what God has put in me. No difference with me than you except one thing. God expects me to live what I preach so that people can have confidence in what I do. And that ought to be your goal. It ought to be every Christian's goal. God says in Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9, which probably all of you should know by heart, but he said here, for by grace are ye saved through faith. Let's stop right here. What does that mean? You are saved because of what you believe, and if you believe something, your life will show it. I don't think I've ever went into a domestic dispute where I was called in to try to be a help, and that husband or that wife will say, "He, you know, I love them. Just to tell somebody you love them without showing it doesn't carry much weight. Can you hear me? Amen. I mean, I've been in homes where the parents mistreat the children and, and they'll look at me with tears in their eyes and say, Pastor, I love these kids. Really? Really? That's the only answer you can give them. I mean, you know, because you've already gone through, you know, do you have some physical ailment? Do you have an emotional problem? You know, I don't mind touching those areas. I'm not like the average church member or the average pastor. I believe that we get sick physically, we get sick emotionally, we get sick mentally, and when we deny those things, we destroy ourselves. But God said, not, brother, Vance, for by grace are ye saved through faith. Through what you believe. I have faith in the word of God. It means that you believe the word of God, brother Steve. You can't have faith in something you don't believe in. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. I have faith not because I'm something special, but because God gave me that faith and gave me the ability to receive that faith. You know, he said, For by grace are ye saved through faith, not of yourselves is the gift of God. Then he goes on in the same verse here in 8 and 9 and said, Not of works not of works. I even had a person say, see, it it says that works doesn't do anything. That's a terribly misunderstanding of what God is saying here. God has said, I didn't save you because of what you do. He's given us an example He's telling us we can't do enough to earn salvation. That salvation is a gift. You either receive it or you don't receive it. And if you did receive it, and if I'm around you, I'll see that something happened. I may be confused exactly of what happened. But God said, not of works lest any man should boast. No saved person can boast about what they done so God would save them. You merely received the gift see, so many situations is that there is a lack of love on one person's part, but there's also a lack of ability to receive that love. You have a child that's been mistreated, talked down, slapped around. They have a hard time accepting the fact that somebody loves them. Next, you must be willing to change your direction. I don't care whether it's a small sin, a little white sin. You know, we try to grave sin. Do you realize if you told one little white lie, which doesn't exist, but you understand what I'm saying when I say that, it's just a little bitty lie. You know, if that's not forgiven, that little bitty lie will send you to hell. What do you have to do to get to heaven? You got to be spotless. And what is so wonderful about what I'm saying today? It's that if you washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, God sees a spotless child of God. Amen. You know there are some parents who love their children so much they overlook their sin. Know anybody like that? You know, I know a man and woman who loves their child and they have got to be one of the meanest deceiving little brat I ever been around but you talk to mom and dad and this is our little angel that's what we do sometimes but we're not helping them these preachers that said if you're a sinner go into the waters of baptism and you'll go to heaven that's a lie See, God says, we must be willing to change our direction. And according to Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. You will die in your sins. Self-righteousness will cause you to miss heaven. What does that statement mean? That means if you think you're good enough to get to heaven, you're never going to turn to Christ. Well, what that is, that's self-righteousness. But God says in Romans chapter 10, verse 2 and 3, For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. for they being ignorant now let me explain god is not saying you're an ignorant person but being ignorant of god's righteousness what god is saying i can never be good enough in this body to earn heaven never There's nobody going to get to heaven because of their goodness, because God said there's none good, no, not one. So he said, and going about to establish their own righteousness, having not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. And our churches, this world is full of people, you know. I believe what I believe, that God knows my heart and he will accept it. I mean that sounds good I, I agree with that but that's wrong because God said you can't know your heart your heart is desperately wicked who can know it? nobody well, let me give you an example have you ever done something and after you've done it you said man I told myself I'd never do that really? Because we don't like to face the fact that I'm capable, that when I get upset, and if Dora was here, she could tell you, believe me, he gets upset. That's us humans. But do I? Get so upset that I get out of control. That's when you got a problem. No, you don't have the problem, the problem has you. And we got to realize that. See, uh, you must be willing to change your direction. God. Also tells us in Romans 3, Romans chapter 3 and verse 28 Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. I hadn't invited anybody to church when I was lost. I had not given any money to the church when I was lost. I did not show proper respect for God and his house and his people when I was lost. Because I was like all other lost people, I justified what I did. I mean, after all, I'm not as bad as so-and-so. You don't have to be as bad as so-and-so. All you got to have is one sin that has not been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. One sin. But what you should know, and everybody else should know that is saved. <coughs> that God said in Matthew five twenty for I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now back in biblical days, These uh, Pharisees was known as the religious group of the day. They were just a bunch of hypocrites pretending to be something they weren't. And that's what this world is now. You know, people that said, I've been saved all my life, they never darked the door of a church. They'll not be willing to give their time for somebody in really need. I mean, that to go on and on and on. But see, when God saves you, he creates in you a new person. <clears throat> Praise God for that. One more scripture on this point in Luke 13, 2. Luke 13, 2. God says, and Jesus answered and said unto them, suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things. They suffered such things. God said in verse 3, I tell you nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. You know what they were saying in verse 2? They were trying to say, all of these things that I've done, I've done better than they did. And God simply said back then what he says today, except your righteousness exceeds their righteousness. See, you got to be perfect to enter heaven, and the only way you can be perfect is to be in Christ. can't be good enough to be perfect. Your perfection is in and through Jesus Christ. And when Jesus lives in you, everything that comes out of you will change. Oh, will you mess up? Sure you will, because the flesh is your enemy. The flesh is against everything I've said this morning. Faith in yourself, your baptism, your church will cause you to miss heaven. It'll cause you to miss heaven. Notice a couple of scriptures in the the book of John. When we look at John chapter 1 and verse 12, notice what God said. He said, but as many as received him, to them gave he what? What did he give them? What did he give me? What did he give you, Steve? He gave you power. Power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed on his name. The moment that I believed that Jesus Christ was my only hope, my only way, He granted me repentance and faith. John chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Everybody ought to memorize that verse. You ought to bring it to your attention every once in a while. Verily, verily, I say unto thee. You can put your name there. Put my name there. Except you, Tony, be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You must repent. God said in Acts 3:19, "Repent ye therefore, and be converted. Repentance is a change. you and your spouse, you and your children, you and your neighbor, you and anybody to have an argument and you want to make it right what you're telling that person, you know, I'll try to do better, I'm sorry and I don't know what happened to him, You were going through some basic acts of repentance. That's not me. But you're willing to repent that, hey, I was wrong. You know, that's one of the hardest statements a Baptist has to make is I was wrong. How you won't ever get right if you don't admit your own. It don't make you a bad person, it makes you a strong person. A strong person is the one that will admit I was wrong. You must repent, ye therefore, and be converted. That's what Acts 3.19 tells us. Now you may say, preacher, I repented. Are you still doing now what you repented of three weeks ago? Well, not as often, so you just partially repented. See, repentance is a change of mind, a change of heart that leads to a change of action. And when you find yourself doing what you repented of, what do you do? You repent again. And said, God help me. I didn't understand that if I repented that you'll, you know, take all the uh, things that would cause me to do it again away from you. No, the only way he can do that is to uh, kill you because your body is your enemy. Your body don't care what you say because your body depends upon either your physical desire or your spiritual desire. And it's like Brother Bill used to preach the white dog and the black dog. Well, we can't say it now, so we say between the white dog and the red dog. Whoever you sicken to the most, that's going to be the winner. So whichever one you give into, to, it's the winner. See, the Lord, praise God, the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. person told me a few weeks ago he said, uh, I listened to you on sermon audio and. One sermon you preached that uh, God has an elect people. Uh, what if I'm not one of his elect? Will it do me any good to repent? If you're not one of God's elect, you won't repent. Sure. Oh, you may go through the motion, you know. You decided that you want to be saved so bad that you say, hey, I'm saved, I want to be baptized, I want to join the church, but it was up here, not here, so as Brother Ross Reigns used to say, I used to listen to Brother Rains, one minute at 12 o'clock every day, and that man would say more in one minute, and most of these clowns for 35 or 40 minutes say. He said, The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. God said, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is longsuffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Are you willing to repent? Can you repent? Can you change the way you think? Can you change the way you act? You said, well, I I don't know. Well, you've got a newborn baby. Now they're about 18 months old. I don't know how, you know, it's been a long time since I had any smaller. When they take that first step, but when they take that first step, man, you're happy. But when they take that second step and that third step and that fourth step, then you begin to rejoice. My baby can walk. Say that first word. My baby can talk. That's sort of like spiritual life is. You take baby steps. And the more steps you go, you begin to take it a little more, a little more, a little more. But see... The problem with so many people, they're still in the baby stage. You preach on salvation, amen. You preach on church discipline, boo. You preach on the doctrines of grace, boo. You preach on free will, amen, preacher. What's that sign of? It's a sign of that you went into that stage You're not growing. Yes. Repentance means a change of your mind about sin. That's what repentance is. Does that mean that you won't ever Be tempted of that sin? See, the the problem is that we have so many Christians that will say, you know, I'm never tempted. Are you dead? Why didn't somebody inform me that you died? Because as long as you're in the flesh, you're going to be tempted to a degree. The temptation drops down a lot when you get older. Well, it isn't because you're still not sinful. You just can't do what you used to do. But it's not what we do. It's what's up here. What do we wish we to do? What would we do if we had the means? Lastly, You must receive Jesus Christ by faith as your personal Savior because according to Romans chapter 5 and verse 1, if you don't already know what that verse is, let's look at it, but Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. That's what's missing in so many of our lives. It's not what you think about me or what I think about you, what does God think? How are you stacking up against this? Because if God was here, he would not preach any different than what's in this word. So God says in Romans chapter 5 and verse 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know why so many Christians don't have peace? They've stepped away from God. The Bible doesn't lie. The Bible says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. When things seem like they're falling apart, you either fall apart or you say, God, you're in this. And you can imagine hearing a voice God saying, I've got this. I've got this. Then I'd go on and take this right into the preaching service. <laughs> and... Uh, so many things in our life that's not right, it's not God's fault, it's mine, your fault. Because we got to a state where we were comfortable. It's dangerous to be a comfortable Christian. Hmm? What's wrong with marriages? They get comfortable. I know what he likes, she knows what I like, and we just, you know, comfortable? But God said, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. The only way a Christian can have peace is to be justified by faith. What I believe give me faith. Nothing can happen to me unless God okays it. That motor didn't go out. God permitted it to go out. So that's stupid. No, that's Bible. If God is not in control of everything, what kind of God is he? And lastly, God said eternal life was paid for with the shed blood of Christ. Except it as a gift. God saved you. It was a gift. What does people still tell this preacher? Well, you know, I want to be saved, preacher. I really do. But there's a lot of things I've got to do. You'll never do it. Well, thanks for the faith. I'm not trying to say you don't have faith. I'm telling you that you can't give up sin on your own. Amen. If you do, you remember people that quit smoking, though had lights back a cigarette. So they see what it fell because they know they're going to go back and get it. They really didn't give them up. They wanted to. But you can't give up sin on your own. God's got to change your appetite. God got says, I'm tired of this. I'll trade whatever I've got for peace. God said in Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want to be saved, preacher. No, you don't. Well, I know I do. I know you don't. Because if you did, you would call upon Jesus and he would save you. He'll save anyone who comes to him with a repentant heart. I love my God too much for you to blame him. Whatever's bad in your life, it didn't come from God. It may have been because you didn't put him first. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this day. and. We-